Guess who? Kaylee Chella check in back in with your top stories for today's evening news rundown. They were known as the Heart Tribe, a free-spirited family of two women and their six adopted children who raised their own food, took spontaneous road trips, and traveled to festivals and other events, offering free hugs and promoting unity. Their final journey ended not in hugs all around, but in tragedy. All eight were presumed dead after their SUV plunged off of a 100-foot cliff along a seaside California highway in a mysterious wreck discovered Monday, three days after child welfare authorities were called to the Hearts rural Washington state home to investigate possible abuse or neglect. Mendocino County Sheriff Tom Allman said Wednesday as he appealed for help retracing where the family had been, quote, We know that an entire family vanished and perished during this tragedy. Investigators have yet to determine the cause of the crash, and the sheriff said there is, quote, no evidence and no reason to believe that this was an intentional act. At the same time, he said there were no skid marks and no sign the brakes were applied at the highway pull-off area where the vehicle went over. Friends described the married couple Jennifer and Sarah Hart as loving, inspiring parents who promoted social justice and exposed their, quote-unquote, remarkable children to art, music, and nature. One of the children, Devontae Hart, drew national attention after the black youngster was photographed in tears hugging a white police officer during a 2014 protest in Portland, Oregon, over the deadly police shooting of a black man in Ferguson, Missouri. The boy was holding a free hugs sign. They moved to Woodland, Washington, outside Portland in the spring of last year, partly overwhelmed by the media coverage. The multiracial family had received death threats, according to a family friend. Zippy Lomax, a photographer who knew the hearts, said, quote, This is a tragic accident of a magnitude that cannot be measured. They were really radiant, warm, adventurous, inspiring people. They were always on some grand adventure, and the kids were living this life that was kind of like this dream. But neighbors said they saw signs that caused them to worry about how the homeschooled children were being cared for. Next-door neighbors Bruce and Dana DeKalb said they called Child Services last Friday because Devante, who is now 15, had been coming over to their house asking for food. Dana DeKalb said Devante told her that his parents were, quote, punishing them by withholding food. He came over almost every day for a week and asked her to leave food in a box by the fence for him. Washington State Child Protective Services opened an investigation on Friday and tried to make contact with the family three times but were unable to reach them. The agency had no prior history with the family. The DeKalbs also recounted that three months after the family moved into the home on two acres with a fenced pasture last May, one of the girls rang their doorbell at 1.30 a.m. Bruce DeKalb said she, quote, was at our door in a blanket saying we needed to protect her. She said that they were abusing her. In 2011, Sarah Hart pleaded guilty to a domestic assault charge in Minnesota. Her plea led to the dismissal of a charge of malicious punishment of a child, according to court records. According to a criminal complaint, a six-year-old girl told a teacher at her elementary school that she had quote-unquote owies on her tummy and back and said, quote, mom hit me. Sarah Hart told authorities, quote, she let her anger get out of control while spanking her daughter. The body of Sarah Hart and her partner Jennifer were both recovered along with those of Marcus Hart, Jeremiah Hart, and Abigail Hart. Hannah Hart, Sierra Hart, and Devante were also believed to have been in the SUV, and authorities are continuing to search for their remains. A Maryland appeals court on Thursday upheld a ruling granting a new trial to a man whose conviction in the murder of his high school sweetheart became the subject of the popular podcast, Serial. 
Adnan Syed was convicted in 2000 of killing Heyman Lee and burying her body in a shallow grave in a Baltimore park. He was 17 at the time. Syed's story was widely publicized in the 2014 Serial podcast, which cast doubt on his guilt and inspired armchair investigators to unearth new information. The show attracted millions of listeners and shattered records for the number of times a podcast has been streamed or downloaded. A lower court judge vacated Syed's conviction in 2016. Prosecutors appealed to the Maryland Court of Special Appeals, the state's intermediate appeals court. Prosecutors declined to comment or to say whether they will appeal the ruling to the state's highest court. The Associated Press says the Austin police chief says a quote-unquote domestic terrorist set off a series of explosions that killed two people and severely wounded four others in the Texas Capitol. Chief Brian Manley had previously hesitated to label the bombings domestic terrorism, citing the ongoing investigation. But at a meeting Thursday on the police and community response to the bombings, Manley labeled the accused bomber a quote domestic terrorist for what he did to us. Mark Condit blew himself up as authorities approached on March 21st. He had planted bombs that terrorized Austin for weeks. Manley previously called Condit a, quote, very troubled young man, drawing criticism that the bomber would have been labeled a terrorist more quickly if he had not been a white man. <laughs> President Trump fired Veterans Affairs Secretary David Shulkin and nominated White House Dr. Ronnie Jackson to replace him following a bruising ethics scandal and a mounting rebellion within the agency. A Navy Rear Admiral, Jackson is a surprise choice to succeed Shulkin, a former Obama administration official and the first non-veteran to head the VA. Trump had been considering replacing Shulkin for weeks but had not been known to be considering Jackson for the role. In a statement, Trump praised Jackson as, quote, highly trained and qualified. It was a decision that signaled Trump chose to go with someone he knows and trusts rather than choosing a candidate with a longer resume to run a massive agency facing huge bureaucratic challenges. Jurors deliberating the fate of the Orlando nightclub shooter's wife took a closer look at the statement she made to FBI agents in the hours after the attack that killed 49 people in 2016. After a couple of hours of discussions, jurors asked to review Nor Solomon's statement and the judge printed out copies for them. They will resume discussions Thursday morning. Her attorneys fought to keep the statement out of the trial. They said it was coerced and she signed it because she was tired and feared losing her young son. Prosecutors said the statement showed she knew about Omar Mateen's attack and did nothing to stop it. According to the statement, Salman said, quote, The last two years, Omar talked to me about jihad. Salman, who is 31, is charged with obstruction and providing material support to a terrorist organization. She faces up to life in prison if convicted of all charges. Prosecutors said Salman and Mateen scouted potential targets together, including Disney World's shopping and entertainment complex, and she knew he was buying ammunition for his AR-15 in preparation for a jihadi attack. In the hours after the shooting, she lied to the FBI about the number of guns her husband had and his internet use, which included watching beheadings and visiting Islamic State group websites. Nobel Peace Prize winner Malala Yousafi returned to Pakistan early Thursday for the first time since she was shot in 2012 by Taliban militants, angered at her championing of education for girls. Tight security greeted the now 20-year-old university student upon her arrival at Pakistan's Benazir Bhutto International Airport. Local television showed her with her parents in the lounge at the airport before leaving in a convoy of nearly 15 vehicles, many of them occupied by heavily armed police. According to a government statement, hours after her arrival, Yousefi met with Pakistan Prime Minister Shahid Kakan Abbasi. 
Her return had been shrouded in secrecy, and it wasn't immediately clear how long she would be in the city or whether she planned to travel to her hometown of Mingora, where the shooting occurred. Alright guys, that's all I got for now. Make sure to tune in tomorrow morning for the latest. This is Kaylee Chella, signing off.